Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, listeners. You're welcome to another podcast. We are still looking at Genesis. Today we are looking at Genesis 3 and I'm just going to draw out some lessons I personally learned from looking at Genesis chapter 3. And I pray that it blesses you too. First of all, I learned that godliness with contentment is great gain. Eve had all that a woman would die for, a beautiful place she could call home, the love of her husband, and the constant fellowship with God himself. Yet she wanted more. That which the Lord asked not to be eaten was what she had cravings for. The serpent tempted her with what her heart lusted after. It appears to me that she was hanging around the tree of knowledge always, fantasizing on how sumptuous the fruit would be, because according to verse 6 of chapter of Genesis chapter 3, Eve saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes and can give wisdom. She allowed the lust of the eyes, the flesh, and the pride of life cloud our judgment. According to 1 John 2.16, we say that these feelings are not from the Father, but from the world. The lust of the flesh, the eyes, and the pride of life. From Genesis 3, I realized that the sin of Eve was greed, discontent, viciousness and pride which is very very evident in most women they want to have what the other person has but is Eve the only guilty party here no but the sin of Adam was willful disobedience and lie greed covetousness why lie <laughs> know that when God gave the command about the tree of knowledge it was given to Adam in Genesis 6 Genesis 2 16 to 17 pardon and the instruction was thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die that was all God told him he willfully disobeyed God because he washed his wife negotiating with the serpent because he was also interested in eating the fruit Otherwise, he would have stopped her. Eve was deceived, but Adam wasn't. He was just looking for who to bear the cat so he can pass the blame on the buck. Isn't that the nature of man today? Verse 6. And the Bible said the woman gave also unto her husband with her, and he did it. With her, English students, it means that he was just close by watching her do the negotiation. Note the disparity between the command that God gave Adam about the tree and what Adam passed on to his wife as the command from God. In Genesis 2, 16 to 17, God said, Of the tree of knowledge it was given to Adam, God said, Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. But when Eve was telling the serpents, Eve didn't stop there. He said, 
you shall not touch it. So Adam added that part of, you shall not touch it. That is in Genesis 3.3. You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So it's like when you give an instruction to a child, instead of a child, don't touch that couple. The water inside it is hot. If you touch it, you burn your finger completely. You don't have fingers again to write. <laughs> and the child actually touches that cup. And it just feels a warm sensation. That's all. Her fingers are seen intact. The child will just say, oh, mommy is just deceiving me. And the child will go ahead. So, obviously, I guess, if touched it, nothing happened. And she said, oh, it's like my husband probably is eating this fruit behind me. Nothing is happening. And she went ahead. Let's not forget that Proverbs 35 to 6 and Revelation 22:18 instructs us. They both instruct us not to add unto the word of God or remove from the content, or will be made a liar and receive plagues. Now, the deed has been done. Adam and Eve. They sow their birthright. What about the devil? What about the devil? The greatest deception of the devil is in offering us what we already have. Adam and Eve were already gods and yet wanted to eat the fruit so they can be like God. Imagine. They already had knowledge, but they wanted more. Going to Isaiah 12:2. But the new knowledge brought them sorrow. The devil offers us what we already have most of the time. He tempted Jesus also in the same manner in Matthew 4, 1 to 10. When he took when Jesus was fasting for 40 days, when he took Jesus up. He wanted to, to deceive Jesus, <laughs> but he made a bigger match. He thought it was business as usual, like he did Adam and Eve. The devil still uses this tool of deception today. He still uses the tool of deceiving us with what we have. The devil still uses it. He told Jesus to jump down. He told Jesus that he will give Jesus the word. <laughs> the word belongs to him already. And Jesus never fell for his tricks. So the devil still uses this tool of deception today. And a lot of people are buying into it. Because they do not know who they are in Christ Jesus. He promises you power. He promises you fame and wealth, popularity, etc. But we already have them all in Christ Jesus. He said, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he said that God has blessed us with all blessings in heavenly places. And he said that I shall be a name and a fame and a praise. Glory of many generations. When we read the word of God, we discover who we are. But people that go into the world today to get powers from the devil that have been lowered is because they want something more. Meanwhile, they already have it. And so let's be wise. It's a tactics of the devil. 
and we see it at play in Genesis chapter 3. Another lesson I learned is that with knowledge of the world comes a yoke. Too much knowledge brings a yoke. <laughs> Today, technology, knowledge of computers, etc. has brought about all forms of perversion and, uh, and decadence in moral standards. To Adam and Eve, it brought nakedness and emptiness and alienation from God. Let us seek godly knowledge and not worldly knowledge. The worldly knowledge comes from the devil. Godly knowledge brings peace. Worldly knowledge robs us of peace. They were both naked. They were not ashamed, proud, before they ate the, the, the forbidden fruit. Before eating that fruit, they were naked. But they never knew they were naked. They never knew shame. Afterwards, they were making coverings for themselves because they were ashamed. Sin brings shame. Genesis 3, 7. And sin brings fear. When Jesus, when God came down to the, to, to, to the garden, they hid themselves. And God said, where are you? So we were afraid because we were naked. But God is faithful to forgive us if we confess our sins and not justify them. I believe the reason why Adam and Eve had, it, had their judgment so tough was because they didn't own up. They didn't ask for forgiveness. They, they were passing the buck. The woman Eve and Adam refused to accept the blame for their actions, but passed it to the serpent and the woman respectively. As a result, God gave them the full penalty of their, for their deeds. 1 John 1, 9 If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Adam should have just owned up to say, Father, forgive me. I, we messed up. Should have taken responsibility for the action that took place in the garden as a head and as the one that received the instruction. But instead, he said, the woman you gave me. And God got to the woman. The woman said, the serpent beguiled me. And because of that, in God's anger and disappointment, God did not leave Adam and Eve without a penalty. He made them pay full penalty, but God is still merciful. He covered their nakedness. If you look at Genesis 3.21, He covered them. The first animals were killed to provide skin to cover the man and his wife because they were naked. The decisions made by this couple totally changed everything. It changed everything. At times, some decisions we make can change everything. For Adam and Eve, it changed their relationship with God because they were cast out of God's presence from Eden. If you look at verse 23 and 24. It changed the relationship Adam had with his wife. Before the fall, Adam called her the bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He considered them as one together. But after the fall, Eve was given the woman. Regarding her as the mother of all the living, woman 
versus Eve. From that day, from the day they fell, they were torn apart and the woman lost her place. When God created them, he created them male man and female man in Genesis 1, 27-28 and gave them the same task. There was no difference except gender. That was just the difference, the gender. But after the fall, in fact, life became hard because the man had to till the ground. Before the fall, the ground was, everything was just bearing fruit. They were just to tend, to tend the garden. The fall brought about rule change. The woman was brought under the man to be ruled over. Until today, man, even the born again man, still treat women as the lesser person and seek to take advantage of their vulnerability. Jesus died to reverse the course of mankind. Hallelujah. God is such a merciful father. Like I said in the last podcast, that God is a loving father and a caring mother. That part of him, the nurturing part of him, never let man, you know, stay in that cursed state. He sought a way to redeem man back to himself. He didn't want the devil to have the last say, to have the win over us. Jesus died to reverse the course of mankind. And in Ephesians 5, 31 to 33, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh, exactly as God designed it from the beginning. God brought it back. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she's reverence. She reverences her husband. Praise the Lord. Jesus died to bring sanity back to the institution of marriage. Otherwise, it was all labor. The man was to till the hard ground while the woman was to you know, have multiplied labor, bringing forth. Hallelujah. God is a faithful God. But we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus. If you know who you are, no one will beguile you. I know who I am. And so if the devil offers me a plate that looks like it is good, (laughs) or a plate that for him, he thinks he can entice me with. I will bullshit it because I know who I am. I know who I am. I may not be everything I want to be, but I know who owns my tomorrow in his hands. And the Bible says that his thought towards me they are good to give me an expected end. So let's be contented. Let's have contentment. Let's be content with what we have. Bible said. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Let's live with contentment. Let's forget about what other persons have. It always looks greener on the other side. Until you get there. And you find out that there are dark uh, patches and dead plants also. 
The Lord will help us to keep our focus, to appreciate what we have, and not envy what others have. This story was just about, you had everything in the garden, everything. They had everything, but just one tree. Don't touch this tree. One in a million trees. But man in his nature always wants adventure. What is it? Don't. Try it with your kids. Say, don't touch this. The day you, if you want your children to touch something, just tell the child, don't touch it. Child becomes curious. What is in that? And God didn't say, don't touch. He said, don't eat it. Sin. When you look at sin, yeah, it doesn't harm you until you act on it. The act is what destroys. Eve had been fantasizing, going around that tree, looking at that tree, wondering how it would taste. But that didn't constitute the sin. That was not what was judged. But the moment she ate it, it changed the dynamics. The moment Adam ate it, it changed the dynamics. And see how God judged the matter. When God asked, God asked Adam, why did you do this? Adam had explanation. And God passed his judgment. He asked the woman, why? The woman said it was the serpent and God passed judgment. But mind you, God never asked the serpent why. He didn't give the serpent room to even speak. And so today, God is not giving the devil room to speak in your condition. He just cast the devil and he just passed the judgment. And so, Whatever the problem is in your life that the devil is bringing your way, God is not going to negotiate. God is passing the judgment on that. Barrenness, God is passing judgment on it today in the name of Jesus. Hardship, poverty, whatever, name it. God is passing the judgment on it today in the name of Jesus. But for you and I, let's learn to run to our Father. Whenever we miss the lie, Whenever we fall short, let's not be too proud to justify our actions. It is you. It is me. We are guilty. Even if somebody instigated us into it, it was in our power to say no. So let's run to the embrace of our Father. From the lessons I gathered in Genesis 3, God is always willing. To forgive his children if we are ready to admit our weaknesses. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Now, if you are listening to this podcast and you have not given your life to Jesus, you are still like Adam and Eve in your in the fallen state. And so the causes are still upon you. The causes to till the ground, the causes to, to, to labor, you know, times 10. The cause is to bring forth in pain. And so to remove the, those causes, you need to embrace Jesus so that he can rewrite your story. So will you pray this prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me all my sins. Wash me with your blood. 
purge me with your blood. From today, I surrender my life to you. From today, I choose to live for you. From today, I turn my back away from sin. From today, I declare that you are my God, you are my Father, you are my Lord and my Savior. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Congratulations. You just gave your life to Jesus. And so, walk in the newness of life. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord causes his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. In the name of Jesus. I remain Amiemos Tukura. See you in the next podcast. God bless you.